0: Welcome to Blee TV, the podcast of best shows on TV. And I'm Cash.
1: And I'm Larissa.
0: And we're right back at it for some Mr. Robot. And we actually have a reason for why this one's coming out so late. And do you want to tell everybody?
1: Football!
0: Exactly. Uh, we're actually really big football fans. Uh, that's actually kind of where I'm trying to steer my career at some point in time. But uh, we're both huge Texas Longhorn fans. And they definitely whooped up on the Irish.
1: I'm pretty sure that my heart has yet to walk back into my chest from oh. the heart attack that entire game gave me.
0: That, uh, I lost like seven pounds just off of my heart beating, but it was fantastic and I loved every second of it.
1: Such a good game. Best Longhorn game I've seen in years.
0: Uh, last one that I watched fully in years, I, I can say. It, oh, it's, been a, so sad. it's been a rough couple of years. No, I've definitely watched all of them, but enjoyed actually watching. This it's been a
1: rough like 6 years and of course i had to go to ut when they were bad
0: yeah mm. poor mm. you yeah but uh go ahead and tweet at us or email us who your favorite college football team is if you watch college football which i'm sure and hope that a lot of you do but that is our excuse and reasoning for being late this week you we got nothing and if else you
1: to- don't watch why
0: yeah what yeah. What, what are you what? doing on saturdays how do you host parties <laughs> you know What's your social life like?
1: If it's not at football cuz everybody else is at football.
0: Yeah. But now let's get back to what we're all here for, which is Mr. Robot. And uh, we got a lot of questions answered this week.
1: Yeah? Uh you know, this was um like I, you know, like I thought the show would be doing um we had like a lull and now that we're going towards the end, it's ramping up again. Mhm. So I I definitely uh, I didn't enjoy this as much as the the amazing, you know, episodes like 5 and 6 and 7, but I mean I did um I did like it.
0: It was really a good. A lot
1: more than last week.
0: I really liked it because it was it was just so different than everything else and I'm sorry that we didn't give the title. It was just so confusing. I had no way of saying it. But this episode- is episode 9. <laughs> is just what we're calling it. And uh, I think it was in it. I N I T couple underscores five. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so and you know, we would say episode nine, but technically it's not even Because so yeah, it's know, two point
0: seven. Like-, like Mr. Robot even with titles is just keeping everything really confusing and that's one of the main reasons that we love it.
1: Yeah, definitely for sure.
0: But as I was saying, like this episode is just so different than everything else and I feel like this is like the third week in the row that I've said that. And for a show to continuously be this different and even different on of itself is kind of amazing
1: i mean i think like okay so for example um if y'all have ever seen the show mad men
0: i tried to watch it and I, it just flopped on me
1: well its tone is very similar okay. um you look at different directors and they'll do kind of different things like one director will use a lot of long takes one director will use a lot of wide shots and you'll kind of differentiate them that way on mr robot it feels like a different show every episode and it's just it's so interesting to me that they're giving these directors so much free reign
0: well it's not directors it's director i mean it's right it's all sam esmail which yeah, is yeah
1: i mean he may be the one with the name on it but he's probably giving somebody creative power
0: maybe I mean, like, there's not many... Like, on IMDb, yeah, there's a couple other writers and stuff, but it's not really headlined anywhere else. You know, there's no other directors on IMDb. It is all him. And so... so odd. I mean, which adds even more to it, is that I really do think that it's all him. And if someone wants to say otherwise, I would love to find out. Yeah, I
1: mean, so would I.
0: (laughs) But until then, I'm giving, like, all of this craveness to Sam Esmail.
1: I mean, I think he's just... He knows that this show is too good to fail. Yeah. So he has the extremely rare gift of being able to experiment and create and be creative and do what he wants.
0: And he's not abusing it in a way that's negative. He's only, No. And that's the most impressive thing. But, you know, enough bragging on good old Sam... I mean, we'll, we'll get to more things that he's doing, because, you know, good, we had another email back from our good friend, uh, Reg Anderson, saying that uh, it was acknowledged earlier in the week's episode that he that Ray was a warden. Now, I deep-dived Reddit, and a few other things, and I don't know if many of our listeners go on Reddit, it, it is a um, dimension out of itself, and you can get lost very easily.
1: It's a whole...
0: Yeah, and uh, Reddit
1: is as close to the deep web As we will get on the normal internet
0: <laughs> Yeah, five hours later I've read about Eight different synopsis, creative theories And just think tanking it I didn't see anyone saying before this episode That Ray was the warden So to Reg You're 100% correct as we found out in this episode But I, And we definitely catch it this episode But beforehand I didn't see anything definite That Ray was the warden
1: yeah, neither did I. I mean, it makes a lot of sense because, you know, there's a lot of uh, interpretations of wardens on TV as these guys that are really, like, ironclad and, you know, very, like, almost like a more intense prison guard. Mm-hmm. But in reality, they're kind of not. They're, you know, the person who connects to the administration. They're the ones who get all that kind of stuff done. They're not really they're in the day-to-day. So he can do dialysis... And yeah. live that sedentary lifestyle as a warden.
0: I mean, as we see, it's pretty much Caputo. I mean, at least as, as we would like to say from Orange is the New Black.
1: I mean, Caputo tries. He tries so hard. <laughs>
0: poor, poor guy. Oh. <laughs> but, I mean, we see that Elliot is in jail for um, what he was doing it back in season one that I love more than anything, which was kind of being vigilante-esque.
1: I... Absolutely loved that twist that the show did because it's like, aha, you thought he got caught for Five Nine, didn't you? Nope. He got brought down by this random nobody character we are never going to see again. And I was like, oh my God.
0: Well, I mean, wow. he, He wasn't necessarily a random nobody character. I mean, Elliot put a lot of time and effort into it because the guy was going around cheating on Elliot's therapist and was in a way just trying to protect her.
1: I'm just saying he's had she's he is an extension of her character. He is not his own character. And he had a total of four scenes this entire series. <laughs> so he is a supporting of a supporting.
0: And I love that the dog was such a vital piece in this case and then the dog is what made it Grain larceny and everything.
1: I know. Best like best part
0: <laughs> oh, like Oh. And I knew
1: Elliot was going to say guilty like as soon Did you as,
0: really? Huh? Like, did you just know it because he was already in jail for it, or did you just kind of feel like that was the only way it had to go?
1: I knew as soon as as soon as soon his counsel mm-hmm. said, you have to say not guilty, I was like, well, pfft. yeah, he's going to say guilty because he's Elliot, and <laughs> that's it, what he does.
0: And it ended up making a lot of sense, and I think that they were able to kind of skip over it by, you know, the whole set up happening and him just getting released because it wasn't worth paying to keep him in jail
1: well I was actually very impressed that the show had the prison. like yes he was released early and a lot of that had to do with the fact that he turned in the warden Mm -hmm. um so I I I know that he was released early which is kind of like a, a story trope but I really appreciated that we saw his prison start his prison sentence start and then end. And yeah. it just like you know, no one broke him out, nobody found loopholes, you know. They say that the Dark Army might have had a lot to do with him being released. But, you know, I just I just appreciated them not squandering drama on that, I guess. They Especially tied it, it up. Especially since we nice already and, had a jailbreak in season one.
0: They tied it up nice and neat in a bow and they didn't it didn't feel like they had just sped through it. And yeah. I think that was the most important thing with it. And
1: I, uh, I love the way that the prison sequence was shot.
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I wish we would have been able to spend a lot more time in prison, actually knowing that he was in prison, because they did so well with it.
1: I know, I was, I was actually pretty sad, because, you know, we have that whole sequence, we see him meet Joey Badass, you know, we see him go out to the court, we see him in his cell, we see everything. And then, if you notice, it was all kind of quiet then. Mm -hmm. Although, I did love the moment where Joey Bass was like, I think I'm going to start watching Seinfeld. I was like, nah.
0: Paying homage (laughs) to yourself. I mean, it was great how they, they were going back in time for the show and just doing so many things with it. It was like, okay, we've seen this, and now we understand why it was like that.
1: Well, the thing that was fun and also disappointing about it is, like, the first narration of the episode is when Elliot says... There, there, there's all of it. Now I've told you everything. Mm-hmm. You know, no more secrets. And then we cut to him leaving, and I was like, "Aww."
0: <laughs> but I mean, there was only so much time we could spend there, especially since we are now starting to realize that Elliot's overheating, or I mean, creating gaps in his memory between him and Mister Robot.
1: Well, before we jump to that, just one more thing I wanted to say about the prison is okay. you and I were talking about how we were confused, like, is this a co-ed prison? How is there the girl there? And then they answered that for us because, you know, she was transgender. Yes. And I just, I loved that little aside. No. That, you know, this show never wants to feel like it's leaving a uh, uh, loose end.
0: And then yeah, as much as we feel like they're leaving loose ends, they're definitely tying everything up.
1: But, you know, he gets out of prison. Um, I love the moment with the guard, who's actually kind of being nice to him. And then, you know, he actually hugs his sister back. And we had that beautiful, beautiful shot of them, of the cars passing as they were hugging. Mm -hmm. And then we come into a close-up of her whispering in his ear. And I just, I gotta give Sam Esmail credit for that whole sequence. It was gorgeous. So, if you ever hear this, Sam, good job.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's always nice to hear, like, the intricacies. Intric- oh, my goodness. Intricacies. Intricacies. 12-hour <laughs> you know, work days are killer. Oh, brutal. I mean, because, I mean, that's a little scene that I would have just... I, not I would have. I did kind of scan over. But, I mean, it was something that stuck out to you. And so, I mean, it's always nice to hear how those resonate. With, you know, the the...
1: When a filmmaker is watching something, we get a lot... We get very excited over things that most people don't even notice.
0: (laughs) Well, it's always glad, because now I can start to look for little things like that to try to pick up on them. Proud of you. Oh. Well, don't be proud yet. Anyway. Um, Low
1: expectations.
0: (laughs) We, uh... We find out that Elliot's maybe overheating or something, but, I mean, during my deep dive, there was uh, a lot of talk of possibly a third personality that Elliot was developing, or has possibly already developed. I don't
1: know if I think that's true, um, especially because Mr. Robot kind of says that Elliot's being weird and he has to take over. So I think it's... What do you kind think? of something's going on with Elliot and Mr. Robot is kind of on the
0: fritz so you just think that there's a weird power struggle that we're not understanding yet or
1: well I think that he's losing even more control to the point where it's not even good for Mr. Robot that he's that unstable it's like he's just too unstable to function
0: Okay. I don't know. I'm kind of leaning towards the third personality. But, I mean, like I said, this was after a lot of deep diving. And the reason I'm leaning towards the third personality is because of Joanna and Tyrell. So, I I, I kind of want to just jump right into it. But I kind of don't. And so... Okay. Well, because I don't want to jump to the end of the episode, you know? Yeah, that's fair. But, I mean... Soft for right now, before we explain anything, I will say I am leaning towards he is developing a third personality, but I'll talk more about that at the end.
1: Okay,
0: I think that sounds fair.
1: We'll bring it back.
0: And uh, until we get to that, we have uh, Darlene kind of forgetting a very important piece of information like she forgot the tape.
1: Yeah
0: like how do you randomly remember a tape that we find out is two months later like i mean this was a pretty big time jump without much instance like we we didn't expect to see too much just zoom by
1: i didn't expect to see that house again ever
0: no and i mean there wasn't really much reason to like i mean this was the first time that i felt like this was kind of sloppy writing
1: yeah, it just kinda it it felt very necessary because we had to have that uh moment at the end where he sees something.
0: Mm-hmm. So Good old know Cisco. Huh? Uh Cisco. But I mean I I think it's probably the Dark Army. There's I some...
1: think it's gonna be the bodies of Mobley and Trenton.
0: Really? Mhm. What what has you thinking Mobley and Trenton are there?
1: Um, I think that you know they've gone completely off the grid their par- their family her family hasn't seen trenton and i think the dark army um killed them and is making a point and left them at the scene of the crime that they somehow figured out had been committed
0: but i mean at what scene of the crime like they already disposed of the executioner's body and everything so what's the point of dragging them to the smart house
1: i i can see the dark army kind of doing it just in their own twisted, fun way. Or maybe they're trying to convict them and trying to get them in trouble.
0: But, I mean, what are you convicting them of? Like, I mean, you have a fat white guy and an Arabic woman, which would be just weird to see them together. And then you have them both murdered in a house. Well, they were
1: on watch lists, and they know that you know, the executioner, she's going to get looked into eventually. So, I and we don't know what evidence they might have put on them or what.
0: Yeah, but I mean, with the executioner, there's no body. And so, really, it would just... But they're
1: going to come to her house. Yeah, I
0: mean, eventually they're going to come to her house and everything, but they're never going to find her. So, I mean, it's not like you're going to be able but to... But they
1: would find their bodies if they were there. I'm just saying, I, 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 I mean, mean like the Dark Army is trying to get... F Society caught
0: but I mean that's just going to bring more attention to the uh, Dark Army like I, I don't see any point of putting Trenton and Mobley there like I, I don't see what the Dark Army gains because I mean I can see them killing them but bringing them back to this house I mean there's no reason there's nothing that they gain from it
1: well they might not even have been the ones that killed them like there's a chance that Tyrell or someone he's employed has done it too yeah. He he might be, you know, the third personality sort of, and he's trying to
0: um I don't know. I think if Trent and Mo- Elliot's
1: mess is like what if Elliot really did kill Tyrell and Tyrell now becomes a third personality?
0: There is possible talks of that, but I mean, we'll, we'll get to that. But I don't I, see it being Trenton and Tyrell just or Trenton and Mobley because I don't see what the dark army gains from placing them there. But I do think the Dark Army killed him.
1: Well, there's definitely something there. Yeah. That's big. And it, the, and it was behind a couch, so it was, like, pseudo-hidden. I don't know. I, I just want to know what it is. I was so pissed, because as soon as I saw him, like, be all surprised, I was like, shit, they're going to cut it, and they did.
0: Definitely. And, like, just didn't even, like, he goes back to his house. And it's just like, what what happened?
1: Can I say that this show has reached its quota for off-screen door openings? No. It's like Game of Thrones off-screen murders at this point. Oh,
0: don't don't bring up off-screen murders with Game of Thrones right now.
1: Well, Mr. Robot off-screen door openings this is like the fourth one. Where yeah. it ends a show on someone opening a door and not knowing it's on the other side.
0: Yeah, but... It, I don't know. That suspense is a lot better than anything else because we eventually get an answer game of thrones people have taken the if we don't see if we don't see it it didn't happen and like that's just where it's grown too much out of me for the off-screen deaths
1: well i feel like that's the only logical explanation like if they were so lazy as to just say oh no Stannis is dead we just didn't want to show it because we wanted to fabricate suspense i'd be pretty upset with them
0: i mean that's pretty much what game of thrones has said
1: I mean, they they spent $26 million on the Battle of the Bastards. They can't shoot one shot of him actually getting killed. That's like $20 blood and we're done.
0: Yeah. And so, like, I don't mind the off-screen door openings because we eventually find out and that suspense is really good. And so that doesn't bother me as much.
1: Well, obviously it is because I'm pissed about it
0: and I want to know. <laughs> and I mean, it's making you want to watch it that much more. Like, That's- off-screen deaths weren't making me want to watch Game of Thrones anymore
1: yeah that was making me pretty pretty upset, especially the last not the last season the season before last finale. oh my God, they did it like four times
0: oh man, all last season, but this isn't about game of Thrones no we'll, we'll get we'll get to that eventually but um uh, Even this summer oh <laughs> uh, well, I mean it is gonna be two months late rip rip game of Thrones uh starting time
1: rip my heart
0: <laughs> oh, sad times. anyway
1: so then uh you know we have elliot come back and he's trying to figure out what stage two is
0: this is what was very interesting is how he goes about finding it and blaming not necessarily blaming the dark army but hacking the dark army hacking the dark army you know
1: yeah um i think that like, one thing that i really liked about that whole sequence is the fact that he's getting so good at hacking and we're like seeing him improve and improve and you know we had a recognition of that by the dark army when they when they eventually were like check your phone like he's a master you can't underestimate him yeah and he's almost becoming better than like anybody else out there
0: but was, how did he get better while he was in jail Like, that was my big thing with it. Because he didn't necessarily have these skills before he went to prison because he was so reliant on the Dark Army.
1: Well, and he didn't spend a whole bunch of time on, you know, Ray's computer. And I'm wondering if maybe he's always kind of latently had these skills and thoughts and desires and stuff and has just now felt that he could fully do and express them.
0: Or is it possibly a third personality that it knows this knowledge and is able to do it? Because he was able to... I don't know necessarily computer language and everything, but if he's hacking into the Dark Army, it would seem like he would have to know a little bit of Chinese to be able to do this. Maybe well, he doesn't, but...
1: They have the translator that they've been showing, and you were right that you know she couldn't understand Mandarin. She just saw um her pictures being posted to the dark army forum and overreacted and well, explain that
0: possibly you know? properly reacted i mean yeah yeah i, I mean it, it's tough to say whenever you're dealing with the dark army but i mean he was doing it to protect her like i thought
1: i have i i'm so afraid this guy's gonna die
0: I, I'm not afraid, I pretty much I, I can't say 100% no But I the gut feeling is telling me Cisco's dead
1: Which is sad Because he's he's a decent dude Like even in the industry He's in He's a pretty decent dude And he tries to be there for her And I just know he's not going to live through the season
0: Yeah, I don't see any way that he lives through the season Just because He's still
1: got his little finger implant thing And I'm sure that's going to kill him Whatever it is
0: there's a multitude of ways that this guy's going to die. And I don't know how it's going to happen, but I would be genuinely... Genuinely... Oh, my goodness, I can't Genuinely. Talk, genuinely shocked if he's not dead by the end of the season.
1: Yeah, me too. But, uh, yeah, he... He, um, he hacks into the Envoy's phone, which is the guy that Elliot's apparently been having talks with. And they have a bunch of kind of funny, pervy... Conversations, and then finally, you know, they say, "Oh, he asked about phase two or, or stage two, because that's what he wanted. He just wanted them talking about it." Yeah, and then and then they huh?
0: And like you said, this is where he says, "You know, check your phones and stuff." And I didn't like that. That was a little too, you know, dom on the nose. Like, hey, you know, we should probably see into the screenwriter's script and say, and let's prevent Elliot from knowing anything. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, no, it was it was super, super convenient. Yeah.
0: Like, like, when you talk about reaching your quota for something, I think this is where we get the co- quota for conveniences.
1: Well, what's kind of been upsetting... Yeah, I was about to say, like, what's been upsetting me about, like, the second half of this season is they are using so many coincidences, so many cliches, so many screenwriter tactics, and it's like what are you doing, Mr. Robot? You're better than this.
0: Yeah, like, I mean, we can handle one or two, but, I mean, we're getting, like, one or two per episode.
1: Or five yeah. in the case of episode seven.
0: <laughs> 2.7 or nine. Or what I, I mean, T. <laughs> but, yeah, I didn't like that part, and then we get the, well, that doesn't make much sense because it's his plan. You know, it's his phase. This Which,
1: is, good, good twist, you know. Didn't see um, that coming.
0: Huh? So didn't see that coming at all. No, neither did I. But this is kind of part where I'm seeing the third personality form. And this is the part that you can necessarily speak Mandarin. You know, this is why I was able to hack into it so easily. Well, the is, thing is,
1: is that, you know, Mr. Robot doesn't even know all this stuff.
0: Exactly. And...
1: That's what makes me think maybe Tyrell obviously can speak other languages. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he ever spoke Mandarin. He might have.
0: No, he spoke a different language than his wife even.
1: Yeah. And I would just be very, it would feel right to me if he was the one who emerged as that character.
0: And I don't think it's necessarily Tyrell, but I think that this one is one that's been kind of lying dormant but it fully manifested after they killed Tyrell. And that this was, I think Mr. Robot knows about him a little bit, but not fully. And he's there just protecting him even more. He's there to protect Elliot. I have
1: a feeling that, um, I I agree with that, because Mr. Robot has definitely been a lot more protective Mm -hmm. as of late, and a lot more concerned for Elliot's welfare i think there's a sinister side that's developing that neither of them are in control of um i wonder if what's really going on is kind of a division between elliot and mr robot to the point where he doesn't remember any of what mr robot does and he doesn't really see it externally like he just doesn't
0: well, doesn't in, remember
1: anymore.
0: For me, instead of not remembering what Mr. Robot does, I think that's when the third personality takes place and he can't remember any of it. And Mr. Robot just assumes that Elliot's in control since he isn't, but there's a third personality that's taking control of all of this that we just haven't been told about yet.
1: I, I feel like it's Tyrell, because they're gonna do yeah a big reveal at the end of the season, and Tyrell's gonna have to do with it and I can just see that working. Because, oh. like, they've kept, if they are keeping a main character away from us... Yeah. But hinting at him all season, for this long, when they bring him back in the finale, it's got to be huge.
0: So you think Tyrell's still alive? Oh, yeah. So now I'm leaning more towards he's being dead.
1: Well, if he's dead, then he's going to become another personality. If he's... Like, he's either alive... Or coming in as a mental character.
0: Yeah. Which leans us to a couple different shows. One mainly that's going to remind a lot of people is Dexter. In which these people are just more of uh, psychotic guides, in, in a sense. You yeah. know, just little mental pieces that lead him onto a path that he's ultimately going to choose. But uh, I'm going to be interested to see if A, Tyrell's alive. B, he's potentially a third personality or just see he's just kind of always lingering over the show i'm really interested well, to see where he goes
1: he has to exist in a way because who's been communicating with his wife
0: possibly the third personality
1: exactly so he's either got to exist in that form or he's alive
0: yeah but if i he, don't he
1: has to be somewhere
0: I don't necessarily think that the third personality is Tyrell. Like, I mean, I think that he's just adopted the name as Ollie. But I mean, we'll get to that. What? Uh, we'll we'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> what? Did, how do you think they did when they were uh, the first time they showed that something was wrong with Mr. Robot and Elliot? You know, Elliot's in the bathroom peeing, and then all of a sudden we hear Mr. Robot's voice talking to Darlene. In Cisco.
1: I love that. I love that because Mr. Robot's voice is so distinctive. And you're not really listening to the conversation as much until all of a sudden he's talking and you're like,
0: wait a second.
1: What? They're and, um, and then, you know, the way that Mr. Robot reacted right after that being like, you just shut down. I had to do something.
0: Yeah. But now I'm like I'm trying to figure out how they actually did that. Because they were literally in two different rooms. And so As they
1: were on the train, which was an awesome fucking sequence. Wow, that was a good sequence. Yeah. When he's on the train and we have the discordant music and he's looking through and he's screaming and we can't hear him and we see Mr. Robot standing there and it's like Bull! it's like it was better suspense in a drama than most scary movies.
0: I was fascinated just how they. Way
1: it was being revved up.
0: I like, I mean, it almost reminds me of Fight Club when we saw brief flashes of uh, Tyler Durden, but yeah. it didn't really register. Like we didn't know that what we were seeing, but this like they're just blatantly put it out there since we know about this.
1: Yeah, like I said, I'm like I'm pretty sure that Sam S. Mill is using Fight Club as a uh, source of inspiration for this show
0: it's definitely leaning more and more towards that there's no doubt but I mean I'm still kind of confused at how he was doing the things he was doing you know I'm going to be interested to see how they put the one body in two places
1: all I can think is he's replaying earlier memories and going back to that
0: Ooh, and I like that when he
1: moves forward to do different things
0: he's still stuck in the past as himself and then yeah. Mr. Robot realizes that his body is on auto- autopilot and he jumps in
1: that yeah
0: okay I like that it's very simple and I can grasp it right now
1: <laughs> sometimes simple is better Arkham. especially especially on a show like this that's so complicated I mm-hmm. think having simple solutions is kind of good
0: yeah I'm definitely okay with writing that and now before we jump to the very end and where I can stop trying to be so confusing I guess your girl Angela is getting ripped online for her five second pauses before she says anything
1: I can't oh, as soon as I watched the episode what did I say first I am so tired of Angela's big dumb face taking a million years to respond to everything
0: But you see, personally, I really like that she pauses before she talks Because I kind of feel like I do that in real life But I feel like she's doing it a lot more effectively In which she's crafting the perfect thing to say Whereas I'm just kind of thinking But I really enjoy that Angela I don't want to say enjoys That Angela takes the time to look guilty as all hell For five to ten seconds And then says the most perfect thing Okay,
1: number one If you were like that, we wouldn't be friends. Okay. (laughs) Because I would slap you and be like, say something. (laughs) Number two, um, I do agree with you. I think she thinks about everything she says. I think it's all very finely crafted. It doesn't have to take that long.
0: I'm okay Uh, with it taking that long.
1: You're the only one.
0: (laughs) You know what? I'm okay with that.
1: Reddit's on my side. Reddit,
0: the entire Reddit community is on your side. I will agree with you there. No
1: Redditors, because, oh my god, Angela, stop! (laughs) But... I also think we've hit a quota for Angela almost being caught, but not actually caught.
0: So... Uh, I think we've got one more in us. Because, I mean, (sighs) we did have an interesting conversation with her and Dom.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Dom genuinely, uh understands that Angela is a casualty of this situation. Like Angela never wanted this, never wanted to be in it. Like she put the C D in Ollie's computer because she was afraid for her dad and afraid for, you know, her pictures getting leaked and all that stuff. Yeah. So she she never like wanted to be part of this whole hacking world.
0: Well, but she now didn't even know she now was a she's part doing of it.
1: it on her own.
0: Well, now she's doing it to avoid jail time. Yeah. She's not necessarily doing it on her own. She's still being blackmailed, just in a different sense.
1: Well, I mean, when she went and got the files um, from her boss's computer, she did that on her own.
0: Mm, I suppose. That was an interesting... I mean, we we did kind of completely miss her uh, whistleblowing. That, oh uh, yeah, no,
1: we were gonna get there.
0: <laughs> I, Don't worry. Yeah, we we were definitely gonna pull that up. We didn't forget about it at all.
1: You, you're tired. It's okay. I was gonna I was gonna let it come up naturally.
0: But uh, what did you think about that?
1: Um, I thought it was a little confusing. Um, the way it was done when the deputy director came in and was obviously leading Angela off to like obviously she's been bought by Evil Corp mm-hmm. somehow. And was leading Angela off to not, you know, be killed or anything like that. But I don't be know turned what, in.
0: I don't know what she was trying to, where she was trying to lead her. But, I mean, obviously. That's why
1: the whole sequence was kind of confusing. Like, what exactly was she showing them?
0: It obviously, couldn't she couldn't have been taking Angela anywhere good. And there was going to be higher ups or something. But I don't know what could have happened to her.
1: Well, that woman was being so freaking suspicious. Like, all she had to do was be, like, right in here, and then Angela would have been in there. She had to, like, be the scariest, most horror movie ever, like, as she's... Because, you know, we had those uh, brownouts happening through the whole episode, so it's literally flickering in that hallway, and she's taking Angela down like, you work for corp right? And Angela's like, how'd you know that? And she goes, well, I'm going to keep saying information that there's no way I would know unless I creeped on you. And I'm going to freak you out and make you leave. Like, what are you doing, lady?
0: I didn't understand all of that. And like you said, like, she's leading her down the most ominous hallway. There's just like, Angela, I really hope you're catching this. And she did. You know, she did her patented 17-second stare and was like, you know what? I'm just going to need my files.
1: It might literally be 17 seconds.
0: And I really hope that she actually has backups and copies, and those weren't the only ones that she had.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if they were the only ones she had, just because Angela still believes in people to a fault in her way.
0: Yeah, I really believe that those are supposed to be the only ones that she has, but she's going to miraculously end up having copies, or that she somehow got those copies back.
1: I mean I don't see another way I don't see how Because she had it on a flash drive So the only way those would be the only copies Is if she had pulled those up on her computer Printed them off And then specifically deleted the files from her flash drive Which would be really stupid
0: Yeah well they have the flash drive too They have the flash drive and the hard copies
1: Oh well Angela
0: <sighs> Yeah she's not the smartest
1: Angela like I really want to like her I do I, <sighs> But sometimes
0: But she was smart enough to get out And I don't know how just backing out is going to get her out safely. Like, I mean, how the same people that that they're going to lead her into the room for aren't just going to be able to meet her upstairs.
1: I know. I was like, so how can she just leave?
0: Yeah. But minus all of that, she did. And I'm interested to see where this leads to. Because obviously she does still care about... Her dad and everybody else, like I thought she did. There was a reason she wanted to come to this part of the company, and it is to help people.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if. So, how many episodes do we have left in this season? Do we Three. All?
0: Three in two weeks. This upcoming week, and then the week after that's a double So, hand we've it. got
1: 12 episodes. Yeah. Okay, so that's what I thought they would do. So, I wouldn't be surprised if the end of the next episode is Angela hitting rock bottom and calling Dom. Because no. at this point, Dom is only going to get anything if Angela says something.
0: I don't and see Angela hitting... And she left hitting... her
1: card, and in every time in the history of card leaving in a show, somebody calls the number on that card.
0: Yeah. I just don't see Angela hitting rock bottom. Like, that doesn't not, make not sense. Not
1: rock bottom. Just rock bottom of, I'm scared, I don't know how to get out.
0: Maybe, but I think it'd be more of trying to get her to help her with throwing E-Corp under the bus, necessarily. Like, helping Dom out, in that sense. Because there's not really much Angela can give her. She can't give her Elliot, or she can't give her Angela, or Cisco the Dark Army, because she's immediately done for.
1: She believes a lot in anonymity, though. Like, she, when she was talking to the nuclear people, you know, she kept, you know harping on that and I think Angela still has this idea that people are always going to do what they say they're going to do
0: I don't think so Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I don't think she believes that not one bit I think you're underestimating her
1: I it's not that I'm underestimating her I think she just wants to believe
0: calm down there Angela in people
1: excuse me I was thinking about what I was saying. Yeah. Don't you like that?
0: I do, but you don't.
1: (sighs) I was saying things slowly. At least I didn't stare at you open-mouthed with big doe eyes for 17 seconds before I'm like, no.
0: That's because we're on a podcast.
1: And then another 10 seconds.
0: I don't think I will.
1: And then another 10 seconds. I'm gonna go now. Angela, in a nutshell, what I just did.
0: Hey, maybe you should try out for the role. Although... Hair game. You're stepping it up.
1: I I don't have good enough hair for that role. No. I'm not blonde anymore. And it's, it's nobody has good enough gay, but she's got stylists. <laughs> I always have to tell myself when I see a woman with just, like, perfect, flawless, beautiful hair on TV, and it's like, it's okay. You know? They have stylists. You have yourself. And yourself is not good enough. <laughs> is
0: that a way to keep it in perspective? Yeah. Now, what'd you think about E-Corps, gentleman, or head boss, I can't remember his name for the life of me right now, his power play with White Rose?
1: Well, first we gotta talk about the White Rose scene directly before that.
0: The urination on the grave?
1: I, okay, number one, um, I, I thought it was a good strong choice that he squatted to do that, because at the time, you know, yeah. he identifies as a woman. And I don't know if he has had a sex change and kind of just transforms back into a man for the sake of his public appearance, or if that's just part of the character. Either way, well done. Um, did not expect that. I At first, I thought it was going to be a sentimental scene, and then they turned it on its head, and it was not at all. So uh, there's definitely about to be war between these two factions. But um, Yeah, mm-hmm. speaking of the power play... It's, okay, don't get me wrong, it was a badass little monologue that yeah. the president had. Super cool. Um, it felt like a lot of hot air.
0: It felt I mean, very weak. Yeah. It felt like somebody who was pinned down on the ground screaming, do you know who I am?
1: It felt like in the uh, last episode when Angela had her weak little... I've earned everything I have against the guy that's her dad's friend. And it's like, we're like, okay, Angela, you're saying the words, but I don't really believe them. And that's kind of how I felt here. It felt like we wrote this guy a cool monologue where he's being super badass, but it was too much and it didn't, it wasn't earned. And I didn't think it was really true.
0: Well, to me, the biggest problem with it was he's preaching chaos. I do what I want. I can't be told. And you're telling this to a person who, you know, adheres strictly to time and believes in time and precision and accountability. So by you saying all of these things that are the exact opposite are showing that you can't be relied upon, you can't be trusted, and you know who he is in the Dark Army and in China hierarchy, why are you going to try to do this?
1: I really don't want it to be this, but I am afraid that it is a ploy ...for this show to make him... Um, ...anarchic... ...so that they can kill him off. We're gonna yes. have an out-of-character... ...couple of episodes... ...where he's spinning out of control... ...so that the Dark Army can take him out.
0: The president? CEO guy? Yeah. Oh, he's dead. Like, to me... But he, it, he, it
1: doesn't make any sense... ...because he's always been so calm. So I feel like they did this this scene...
0: Okay, I see what you're saying, yeah. ...and will
1: do more scenes... To create a reason to kill him off.
0: Yeah, because like he doesn't seem like the person who, my back's against the wall. I'm just going to become what he's become and just a fire cannon essentially. Well, yeah,
1: because every time somebody has given him an ultimatum, or every time someone's coming in with a crisis, or every time somebody's trying to go his him, way. he laughs them off. Yeah. And this is a complete loss of control that didn't feel like his character at all
0: and especially to the person the one person he doesn't have power over like i mean yeah. he tries to make it seem like he has power over him because he needs washington and all of that stuff but he doesn't have power over him
1: like sam you can distract me all you want with your beautiful umbrella wide shot gorgeous rain sequence that to his credit very distracting but it was a weak scene
0: yeah, it fell flat for me. I didn't like this one.
1: Like, it felt like it was trying to be badass for the sake of being badass, which I really hate. Like, like I told you, you know, earlier in episodes where we have the God is Dead
0: that mm-hmm. happens
1: in all shows like this, but it was okay because it was performed so Elliot esque yeah. and done so like him. So I was like, okay. And with this character, we tried to do the I Will Bury You. Um, Speech and it didn't work.
0: It fell completely flat. Which is sad.
1: Yeah. But I mean, I love White Rose. Such an interesting, complex character. I love seeing more of her. So uh, I've been enjoying that. Her hair was on point. <laughs>
0: she has a stylus as well.
1: She does. And it's her little manservant. And I don't <laughs> have a manservant, I've just got me. So I I need a manservant. That's that's what I'm taking away from all of this.
0: Manservant that knows hair.
1: Manservant that does hair and time and Oh boy, you
0: know. And then so speaking of hair, we go to the last character in Joanna, who is that who you expected to see in the SUV?
1: Yeah, I really, okay, I saw it, I saw the SUV, and I mm-hmm. was like, shit, I really want it to be Tyrell, but it's not going to be Tyrell, because this is only episode 9. So, I knew it wasn't going to be him, I wanted it to be him, so I was like, well, I guess it can only be her. Yeah. So, um, they definitely need to talk her and Elliot, because she probably knows more than we think she knows,
0: I think she always knows more than she, we think she knows. And yeah. that leads up to it, and she calls him Ollie. Because that's what he told her his name was the first time they met. It was Ollie. And so
1: oh, right. I con- that.
0: So she's continuing to call him Ollie. And I think that she has to know that it's not his real name. But she's still playing along with this. Or maybe whenever they talk, he truly is Ollie, and that's his third personality. And so that's interesting
1: thought.
0: And so that's where I'm leaning towards.
1: Well, I think they have either had more communication than we've seen.
0: Which would be in a third, third personality. personality and him not knowing about it.
1: Yeah, or she believes he's some kind of envoy to Tyrell when Tyrell is really dead and he's keeping up appearances that he might be alive with, like, these gifts and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's a third option. Either Tyrell's alive, Tyrell is a third personality, or this third Ollie personality is keeping up appearances that Tyrell is alive.
0: Which it's a little hard to believe because how is he getting presents to her while he was in jail? My best guess is. Um, man, I forgot Joey Badass's name uh, Leon. is He had Leon. Leon um, send him the gifts because leon even said while they're there in prison hey i can get you whatever you need just let me know yeah and so that's how he was able to send stuff to joanna but that's just my theory and a few others
1: i like to believe that um well they did harp on that a lot yeah that you know we had a whole like minute where he was like i can get you whatever you want and he kept talking about it, talking about it, talking about it and um that explains, like, all the stuff that he was able to get during the sequence. Like, especially loved when he was like, can I get a notebook? And it was like, ooh, because we understand that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always fun to be gratified as the audience. But, um, yeah, I mean, I would understand that. I also, in my heart, I want Tyrell to be alive just because I want that badass scene. Where he walks in and it's like, Bonsoir, Elliot. And we're like, Oh, shit. And everybody just collectively dies.
0: And he was just such a loose cannon. He was so. It was gratifying to see him on screen because he was so much smarter than we could have ever thought that he was. And I want more of that character.
1: I know. I would be so sad if we didn't get any more of him in any form.
0: Yeah. But, so, I mean. Just go ahead, let us know what you think the theory is. Is there a third personality? Is Tyrell still alive? Um, who's your favorite? Go ahead. No, you go.
1: I was just going to say, who's uh, who's our millionth off-screen door opener?
0: Ooh. Go ahead. Do you have any guesses?
1: Her face made it... Look, she looked kind of scared. Yeah. Ooh, what if it's Tyrell <gasps> that's what I want it to be
0: um I mean if anything I think it's the dark army but yeah, using that's what, it, that's what it probably is Yeah, in my heart it's Tyrell does she even know Tyrell
1: I mean I'm sure that Elliot told her about
0: it yeah
1: we don't know what everybody
0: knows we really don't now we don't even know what Elliot even really knows or if you nope. would tell us the truth. Bad narrator.
1: Unreliable narrator.
0: Yeah, unreliable this narrator. This show,
1: I feel, like, I feel like this show, if it were going to take like a um, screenwriting tactic okay. and just make a show around it, it's the idea of the unreliable narrator.
0: That is a great tactic for them to start with. Yeah. But until next week, guys... Uh, let us know who you think is uh, the third personality or if you even think that there's a third personality let us know who you're behind the door you can email us at bleedtvpodcast at gmail or you can hit us up on twitter or facebook at bleedtvpodcast until next week I'm Cash
1: and I'm Liza